Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to worship. It's good to be with you today. Wherever you're at, we're glad you're here. It's so good to be able to worship today, even at a distance. I'm Jim, and I serve as a pastor here, also our host for today. And we're really looking forward to this morning of worship. If you're a guest, we're so glad that you're with us today. Thanks for being here. We're looking forward to beginning a new sermon series called Rooted. We're looking at really, what are we grounded in? Pastor Spencer is gonna lead us in this new sermon series as we look at what the spiritual life is really like. How do we become spiritually alive, deeply rooted in Christ? We're really excited about the opportunity to support our local schools and families and opening our space to create learning pods here at Schweitzer. Also, we're collecting hand sanitizer for a local school that we partner with, Pittman Elementary. So beginning August 24th, we'll begin collecting hand sanitizer for the kids and families of Pittman. So be ready uh, to drop them off or to bring those to church and to learn more about, about both the hand sanitizers and the pods, the learning pods, go to the website. We're also really looking forward to creating new life groups. A life group is, is a group of people, five to eight or so, that meet regularly to grow in relationship with Jesus and each other. And the resource that we're gonna use for life groups is a, is a new book that was created here at Schweitzer. It's called Jesus is Greater, a field guide to Colossians. It's based on the book of Colossians from the New Testament. To sign up for a group and to get a book, go to sumc.co slash Colossians. I really encourage you to be a part of a group. It's a life-changing, transformational experience. So do that. Today, we invite you to engage, to chat. There's a chat feature on your screen. Say hello to your friends and others. If you have something you'd like to receive prayer regarding, uh, hit the prayer button and we'll have someone pray with you. Well, this is a beautiful day, a great day to worship God. So let's sing, let's praise God, let's pray, let's celebrate life together and with God. Let's worship. Cause it's more than enough 
Let's pray together. As followers of Jesus, we, uh, we are praying people. Prayer matters. It's vital to our relationship with God and each other. Pastor Spencer, in the scripture today that he's going to read and teach from, we're going to hear about how God wants to lead our lives. And to do that, we have to be humble people. So we thank God for desiring to do life with us. And we then have to be coachable, teachable, people who surrender to let God lead our lives. So this morning, let's thank God for who God is. And also, let's pray that we will be humble people.
As we continue in prayer this morning, let's pray that we join God in God's work and doing His ministry for His purposes, that we, uh, we lead the type, of God, the type of life that God desires for us. And so let's pray together this morning that in this season, that we'll be uniquely different because what God is doing, not only in the world, but in our lives. Let's pray together. Holy God and kind, kind Father, today we do humble ourselves as we pray to you, Lord. We, we humble ourselves. We are teachable. We want to do what you desire for us. Help us to see the ministries that you are working in and to join you there. Also, God, we, we really desire that what we do in life with you pleases you and changes this world. God, uh, we love you and praise you. And now let's, uh, let's pray together boldly and confidently in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As followers of Jesus, we are generous people. As we come to this time of offering today, this is our opportunity to respond to God's generosity. We respond, it's an act of worship, as we give through uh, trust and obedience. And so today, we want you to know that your gifts and tithes and offerings make a difference, coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit. For example, the Coach House, which is a safe place for women, a place of transition from homelessness to a place of their own, from recovery to restoration. The Coach House is a place of transformation and your gifts, your tithes and offering, they make it happen, coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So we appreciate your, your tithes and offerings, your gifts, your generosity. Continue to be generous people. And now let's continue to worship through another song.
Don't you love a good story, a story that moves you and inspires you? Well, all this year at Schweitzer, we've been telling God's stories. We believe in these stories as sources of faith and hope and love. And so today we're going to hear from Clay Parton, who's on a journey uh, with God, and God is moving in his life. So let's hear from Clay. Let's watch. My wife and I joined, uh, started going, actually, to Schweitzer five years or so ago. We had searched for a church that had a, a focus on reaching out into the community and serving the wider community and getting outside the walls. So we, we fell in love right away with Schweitzer's mission to do that, and I started getting involved with some of the service things, the, the snail mail effort, the, I was a parish visitor, and things like that. All of these things have, have been good. It, it began back in childhood. I was trained like a lot of Americans to be independent. My dad must have said at least twice a day to us kids, paddle your own boat, paddle your own boat, he would say. And I did that all my life till I was, you know, middle age. I got a, a call to attend a, a renewal weekend, very much like Walk to Emmaus, but this one is just had a different name. Came away from that with my first real experience of experiencing the journey of the walk with a group of people. I'd always been a loner and always tried to do it on my own without help. Studied without help, read, all this. But through that experience, I began to grow and I was so excited that I volunteered to help put those weekends on for about 10 years. It was then that I came to Schweitzer, my wife and I. And after those initial kind of solo service opportunities, I got involved accidentally or through God, more likely, in helping with a class. And out of that class, which had about 10 table groups, my wife had been in one of those table groups and that table group had, group had bonded very, very well, and they decided they wanted to remain in touch after the class ended. So they let me join that table group, which became a life group. And we've been meeting now for about four years regularly, and we've become family. We talk, we study deep things, and not so deep things, but all week long I have encounters with people I would never have met. They're wonderful people. They're like brothers and sisters, literally. And I learn and grow from them, and hopefully I can offer occasionally something that will help one of them too. But I know that I'm not in it alone. Whereas when I was always trying to paddle my own boat, I was in it alone. I guess I would say to anyone who is coming to Schweitzer regularly and who's not part of a group of, of any kind, whether it's a life group or a Bible study session, or a band, or any other sort of group that you can find. If you're not already doing that, I, I just want to say that for me, it has made such a difference in my day-to-day -day walk, and I would really encourage anyone to be part of a group. My name is Clay Parton, and this is just the beginning of my story.
Well, welcome today, friends. My name is Spencer, and I'm the pastor here. Uh, Today, we're going to start a new series called Rooted. We're going to spend the next four weeks talking about growth and and how we grow and and how we grow deep roots in Christ. And and we're going to talk about the the steps and the practical steps that it takes to become the kinds of people who are growing. Um, One of my hobbies that I like to do is I, I, for some reason, found myself in the last few years starting to run marathons, which is not like a great hobby to do. It's, It's kind of very, very difficult and, and all that. But uh, I found myself running marathons the last few years and I was planning for this marathon in the spring in April. And so all winter long, I was, I was training um, for, this, for this marathon, 26.2 mile race. And I'd signed up for this race in Tulsa solely because it was flat and it was a flat course. And I was really excited for that. And so all winter long, January, February, um, I was running through the week. And then on the weekends, I'd wake up early before the family was up and I'd go um, do my long run. And uh, the weekend before everything shut down. I had the, the longest run of my training, which was 20 miles. And I went and did this 20 mile run. It was cold. It was dark. I woke up before everyone else in my family was up and I had all this motivation to go do this. And then the very next week, I don't know if you remember that week in March when everything just snowballed and all of a sudden it was like thing after thing, after thing, after thing, after thing got canceled while well, my race got canceled. And when that happened, I thought to myself, you know, no, no big deal. I'll just, you know, use this time to get in really good shape because we're gonna have all this extra time on our hands for the next few weeks. And, and maybe in the summer or the fall, there'll be another race I can sign up for. And I'll just, I'll just use this time to really springboard into that. And I had this idea that I was going to be like super motivated to go do all this. And, and then the shutdown took place. And um, let me tell you what, what didn't happen. Uh, what, what didn't happen was I, I did not use that time to get in really good shape. In fact, I went the exact opposite direction. And I basically like stopped running altogether, which kind of blows my mind when I think about this in, in retrospect, that the week before everything shut down, I had so much motivation that I could wake up early on my day off and I could hit the road when it's cold and it's dark and I'm by myself for hours. And then once I have all this extra time in my hand, it's like motivation just went right out the window. And, and, I, and I wonder if that doesn't sound like a little bit familiar for, for all of us, because all of us have had plans and things that we had in mind that we were going to do. And we just had to set them aside, goals that we set aside, all kinds of things we wanted to achieve. We just kind of had to set it aside. And, and, and I wonder if for some of us, some of the things that we set aside, maybe because we lost motivation or we just got out of the habit, was some of the things that are a bit deeper in life some of the things that tend to grow us and change us and develop us. And so this series that's about growth, um, I want us to be considering in very practical ways, how is it that we grow and, and what are the things that we need to have in place to grow? How do we cultivate this kind of growth in our life? And, and for some of us, I wonder if, if we haven't lost motivation in the last five months or maybe we've gotten out of the habits that we used to have and maybe this series could be a, a jumpstart um, into thinking and growing and diving more deeply into what God has for us, that we might become the kinds of people that that God sees within us and wants us to become. And so this series, we're going to explore growth. We're going to explore what it takes to grow, how to cultivate this growth and what this looks like in our life. We're going to read through uh, Psalm 1 through this series. Next four weeks, we're going to be in one place in the Bible. It's only six verses. We're going to read it every week and then just look at it from different angles because Psalm 1 is all about growth. It's about cultivating growth and becoming the kinds of people who grow. And so if you're someone who's Lost motivation, if you're someone who needs um, a kickstart in, in thinking about growth, um, this is going to be a, a good series for you. So let's jump into this. Psalm 1, six verses. Here's how it goes. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. 
Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So for the next four weeks, we're going to read these same six verses and look at it from different angles. And today, as we get this started, I want you to notice this really clear picture that we have in Psalm 1. That Psalm 1 gives us uh, this picture of, of two kinds of people. There is the kind of person who is like a tree planted by streams of water. This is the kind of person who knows who they are the kind of person who is secure, the kind of person who can uh, persevere, the kind of person who has deep roots. And then there is this kind of person who is like chaff that's blown away in the wind. Now, if you're not familiar with chaff, chaff is the part of a, of a plant that when it's harvested has to be uh, taken away, like chaff and wheat, because it's, it's the worthless part. And in uh, ancient cultures, and sometimes in modern uh, areas even today, people will use wind in order to separate wheat, wheat uh, from chaff because chaff is, is so light. I looked up a video on YouTube to show how even people today still do this kind of thing, that you can see how uh, the chaff is just being blown away because it's so light and it just it goes away as if it's as if it's just dust. And Psalm 1 tells us that there are um, some people who live their life like this. They don't know who they are. They don't know what their life is about. They don't know what they're trying to do or what they're trying to accomplish or who they're trying to be. And in the end, they're just blown around from here and there. There's two kinds of people, people who are like trees planted by streams of water and people who are blown around like chaff in the wind. Jesus talks about two kinds of people as well. In a very similar way, different metaphor, but a very similar way, Jesus talks about two kinds of people. And here's what he says about these two kinds of people. This is Matthew 7. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and yet it fell with a great crash. So again, two kinds of people. Jesus has a very similar idea that Psalm 1 gives us. Different metaphor, but these two kinds of people. And I want you to notice two things about these two kinds of people that Jesus talks about. First of all, um, when Jesus talks about uh, life happening to these two kinds of people, he says it happens to both of them. It, it's a when, not an if. And I know that there are some people who will say that when bad things start happening to Christians, maybe it's because they're weak, their faith is too weak. But when Jesus talks about um, life happening, he says it happens to everybody. Uh, and so the winds and the, and the rain, they come against everybody. The difference is not what happens to you, but the difference is what's on the outcome of what happens to you. When the wind and the waves and the, and the rain start to blow against you, Jesus is like, the different kinds of people show up in the outcome of that. And so the other thing that Jesus, Jesus mentions here is very clearly that the difference between these two kinds of people, it's, it's very clear what he says makes these two kinds of people different. In Matthew 7, verse 24, he says this. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The difference between these two kinds of people is, is solely found in, in how do these people uh, listen and apply. That's very important here. Listen and apply the word of God. The difference between these two kinds of people is, is about how you listen and apply the word of God to your life. So go back to Psalm 1. We ask the same kind of question. Well, what's the difference between these two kinds of people? The kind of people who are like uh, trees that are planted by streams of water and, and those who are like chaff that are blown around by the wind. And, and again, you're going to see a similar thing. Let's look at this. Uh, Psalm 1. Let's go back to verse 1. We read, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or, take, or sit in the company um, of mockers. 
That word mockers, it's a, it's a, it's a loaded word in the Bible. You see that word mocker uh, used throughout, especially the Psalms and the Proverbs to describe uh, people who are uh, closed to instruction. Sometimes the word scoffer is used there and uh, translated as the word scoffer. Here's some examples of this word in action. Uh, Proverbs 14, for instance, talks about these kinds of mockers. And Proverbs 14, verse 6 says, The mocker seeks wisdom and finds none. Uh, but knowledge comes easily to the discerning. The idea here is that the, the mocker is looking for wisdom on kind of their own terms, and so therefore they don't find it. Another example of this, uh, this word in action, Psalm, I mean, sorry, Proverbs 15, verse 12 says, mockers resent correction, so they avoid the wise. The idea here is that mockers don't even want to learn, and so therefore they avoid opportunities to learn. They avoid opportunities because they're closed-minded. They've closed their heart. They've closed their mind to instruction. They, they think they know best, and so therefore they don't need to continue to grow. Mockers in the Bible are oftentimes associated with pride, that they are closed to instruction. They're closed to growth. They're closed to needing to change. And so Psalm 1 starts off with, you are blessed when you don't keep company with mockers or scoffers, people who are closed the idea of, of instruction and, and growth in there because um, uh, who you spend time with is who you become. And so you're blessed when you don't keep company with them. But then keep going in verse two and it says, but instead of that, the blessing is on those whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That word law, uh, the, the Hebrew word there, law is the word Torah, which can mean law like commandment. It can also mean instruction or it could just be shorthand for the Bible. The blessed is the person who, whose delight is in, is in the Bible, is in the Word of God. And so you have these two kinds of people. And the two kinds of people, the difference between these two kinds of people is, is not like smart people versus stupid people. The difference between these two kinds of people is not like bad people versus good people. It's not moral people versus immoral people. The difference between these two kinds of people is very simply that there's one kind of person who is open and learning and applying the Word of God to their life. And then there are those who are closed the word of God and are seeking to live life on their own terms and how they can manage it on their own. And again, that's not the difference between smart people and stupid people. It's not the difference between good people and bad people or moral people or immoral people. It's just the difference between are you basing your life on the word of God or are you seeking to live your life on your own terms? And, and it's easy to become judgmental to, towards people who are like the chaff, who are blown around from here and there. And we start to think that they're like bad people, but, but really, Living your life on your own terms doesn't necessarily make you like a, like a bad person. It, it's really just what normal people do. Like normal people live their life on their own terms. But when you live your life on your own terms, you also find yourself living at odds with the word of God and God's plans for our lives. But it's not that it makes you a bad person. It just really just kind of makes you more of a, of a normal person. I mean, think about how normal people live. Normal people, for instance, really care what other people think about them. Normal people will spend an incredible amount of time and energy comparing themselves to other people, their friends, their family, people who, and see how they, they stack up to them. I think about that phrase, keeping up with the Joneses. Normal people really care what kind of car the Joneses drive for some reason or care what vacation they go on. So normal people will get into debt because they care what other people think about them or normal people will spend a lot of time uh, worrying about how their decisions um, you know, other people might, might respond to them and, and, they, and they worry about other people are going to receive them. And, and yet what we find in the Bible is that the Bible teaches us that we should care first and foremost what God thinks about us and that we should care first and foremost about the, 
uh, caring about God's standards in our lives and not how we compare to other people. And so you can be a normal person. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a normal person. You're living life in your own terms and you're comparing yourself to others. That's a, you know, a way that you could be normal. Another kind of normal thing that normal people do when they're living life on their own terms is, is, that, is that normal people uh, will think that their life, their career, their marriage, whatever, is, is up to them. And so normal people will oftentimes um, find themselves in all kinds of uh, worry and anxiety and fear when things get out of control in their life because they think they should be controlling them. And so whenever like the what ifs happen in life, they get really nervous and fearful and anxious about those kinds of things because they think it's up on, on their shoulders. And yet what the Bible teaches us is that God is sovereign and that our lives belong to him. And so that our job is not to try to control everything. Our job instead is to, is to trust God with the outcome of our lives. You see, the difference between these two kinds of people is not like good people and bad people. It's, are you living your life according to the, to the word of God? Or are you living your life according to living your life on your own terms? And, and listen, you can be a church person. Uh, you can be a self-professed Christian. You can know all the words to the Apostles' Creed. And you can know all the books of the Bible. And you can quote verses from memory. But if you're not living your life with practical decisions based on the word of God, you can be like chaff blown around in the wind too because you're just being like everyone else. You're being a, a normal person. And so this morning, what I, what I wanted to do to start this series off is I want us to do a little self-assessment because as we think about these two kinds of people, the kind of people who are like trees that are planted by streams of water, the kind of people like chaff that are blown around in the wind, I, I just want to ask, Ask us to think about this question of, of which kind of person are you? Which kind of person describes you? And, and, and how are you, you living your life? It's not about being a good person or a bad person. It's about being the kind of person who lives their life based on the word of God. Uh, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon, he, he comments on Psalm 1 and, and he says this. I want to read this to you. He says, how few among us can lay claim to the benediction of this text, the, the blessing, that's another word this, that means, the, the blessing of this text. He says, perhaps some of you can claim a sort of negative purity because you do not walk in the way of the ungodly. So he's like, some of you can claim a neg negative purity because you don't do bad things. But let me ask you, is your delight in the law of God? Do you study God's word? Do you make it the man of your right hand, your best companion and hourly guide? And then he wraps it up and he says, if not, this blessing belongeth not to you. So I've been working on this message for, for a few weeks and I've been sitting with this quote from Spurgeon and I gotta tell you, that's a really challenging quote personally because as I think about this challenge of, of how do I live my life based on the word of God, you know, I have to understand that it is very easy to go to church, to sing the songs, to listen to the sermons, to do the Christian things, to say the Christian words, to have a good outward appearance, but in reality, just be going through the motions of what it means to actually have a relationship with God. It's, it's very easy to, uh, to do the Christian things and to have this, this facade of a Christian life but on the inside, where it really matters and the choices that I actually make in my life, to not actually be living as if the word of God is the source for my life. I mean, I mean think about it like this. 
Um, I've been to New York a few times, and the first time I went to New York, I, I did this very touristy thing, and I went on the Empire State Building, which I'll, I'll never do again. And I don't have a problem with heights, but like, that was high. And, and I, I, I found myself like hugging the wall because it was so high. And, and, and the reason I was hugging the wall is because I had this, um, this like deep abiding belief in gravity. Like, I, I believe it's real. I can't explain it. I don't know the math to it, but I have this deep abiding belief in gravity. And this, and this belief in gravity, like it actually impacts the choices that I make. So if I go up on a skyscraper like the Empire State Building, I'm going to hug the wall. I'm not going to get close to the edge because it's, it's kind of freaking me out. And the reason it's freaking me out is because I have this deep abiding belief in gravity. This belief in gravity actually impacts how I live my life in the same way a lot of times we talk about in church some of the things that we believe in. And we, and we might talk about how we, we believe uh, certain things about, about God or maybe certain things about the Bible. Maybe sometimes we might say that I, I believe that the Bible is the word of God. It's, it's infallible. It's inerrant. Whatever word we might use is inspired. I believe the Bible is the word of God, which is a great thing to say. I believe that too. I believe the Bible is the word of God. But let me ask you this on a deeper level. Um, do you live as if the Bible is the word of God? Does it show up in actionable, uh, actual things that you do in your life? Does the word of God actually impact the specific decisions that you make in your life? Because as we've said many times in, in many other messages, uh, biblical faith is not just what you say you believe, but it's what actually shows up in your life. And so, for instance, I think about some of the things that the Bible says. Things like, I don't know, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Do you give? Do you live as if this is actually true? Or the Bible says things like, do not worry about your life. So I wonder, when things get out of control and you find yourself stressed, do you find yourself just cultivating more and more worry? Or, or the Bible says things like, uh, to, to love your, your enemy. And so I wonder, um, how do you speak about those with whom you disagree, especially in this climate of political divisiveness, and you find things on Facebook that are just, uh, just maligning people? I wonder, how, how do you post? How do you talk? How do you speak of those you disagree with? Like, how does the Bible actually impact the decisions you make? How does it actually impact how you treat people? How does it actually impact the, the way you spend your time, your energy? How does it actually impact the way you spend your money? Because this is what this is really getting to. The blessing of being the kind of person who is like a tree planted by streams of water is not just that I say I believe certain things. It shows up in how I actually live. And so this morning when I ask you this question, what kind of person are you? you know, I'm not asking you are, you, are you a Christian? I'm not asking you, are, are you a member of our church? I'm not asking you, do you come to church every Sunday? I'm not asking you about how long you've gone to church. I'm, I'm asking you, when you think about the Word of God, how is your life actually impacted by what it teaches and shows us on how we actually live? How does it impact how you spend your time, your money, your energy? How does it impact how you treat people? How does it impact how you go about your, your marriage or your singleness, your career or your retirement? How does it actually impact these decisions? Because the easiest thing in the world is just to go through the motions of faith. It's just to go through the motions of a relationship with God. It's just to go through the motions of, of, um, of church, but not have it actually impact our life. And so this morning as we kick the series off, I just want us to consider this simple question. We're going to get to really practical uh, details in the next few weeks, but as we kick the series off, I want to ask you to think about, you know, which kind of person are you? And maybe the better way to ask that question is which kind of person are you becoming? What trajectory are you on? 
There's two kinds of people. There are those who are like trees that are planted by streams of water. They are those who are grounded and living according to the word of God. And then there are those who are like chaff, who are blown around by the wind, by the circumstances, by whatever happens to be going on in their life at that time. And I wonder, which kind of person are you? Which kind of person are you becoming? If you find yourself like chaff, today is the good day to begin to make changes. Today is a good day to come to the Lord and to begin to dive deep into the things that will grow you. It's a good day to recommit ourselves to him and his plans for us. Let's pray. And so Father, today, I thank you for the gift that you give us in yourself and in your son, Jesus, that we can find life through him. And if we're gonna be honest, there are many of us who for whatever reason, maybe we've lost motivation, Maybe we've just been distracted. Maybe we've wandered, but we have found ourselves less and less and less like trees planted by water and more and more and more like chaff that's blown around by the wind. May today be a day where we remember what you have for us and your goals for us. And may we come back to the simple promise and the truth of the scripture that we have, the solid foundation that we have in you, that you are good, that you love us, and that we can live our lives the way that you want us to. So God, today we want to recommit. We want to remember. We want to start begin to cultivate these, these ways in our lives that bring us back closer and closer to you and your plans for us. In the name of Jesus, who loves us so much that he gave his life for us that we could have new life, we pray. Amen. Let my heart be a temple Let that temple have a throne Let the one who sits upon it Be you and you alone I surrender my ambition I lay down on my pride That I would be your servant And you would be my God Let your will be done in me Let your kingdom come in me Like a battle-weary soldier I'm lifting up my head In absolute surrender My life, my will, my place And yours will be the glory Let your will be
great to share this time with you today as we consider which kind of people are we, which kind of people are we becoming. If this has been helpful for you, I encourage you to share this with your friends, your family, that we can uh, challenge one another to grow into the people that God has for us. 